Welcome to season two of Our Church, Our Stories, a Christ Church at Grow Farm podcast. This season, your hosts, Sam DeBracca and Ben Follett, are diving into the stories behind the ministries that make CCGF who it is. From the ministries sprung from the members and staff to our partners we have across the city and the planet, Christ Church strives to reach people with the gospel at home, at work, at school, and everywhere in between. These are the stories behind those ministries and the people God has called to fulfill them. Catch up on Season 1 and subscribe to Our Church, Our Stories online at ccgf.org slash podcast or wherever you find your podcasts. Here are Ben and Sam with our next story. Welcome back to another episode of Our Church, Our Stories. Sam DeBracca here with my co-host, Ben Follett. Good to be here on a rainy Pittsburgh evening. What day is it? Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's May the 4th be with you. And also with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are here with Matt Geppert from the South... Southeast Asia Prayer Center. Did I say that? I, Wonderful. Okay. Great job. Crushed it. Yeah, I, I was it. asking about I just <laughs> Southeast Asia Prayer Center, Matt Geppert. Matt, thank you for joining us. Uh, we we've you you preached at, at Christ Church uh, recently, and loved hearing your mission. And I can't wait to dive into this and hear more about um, what you guys are involved in and and your mission and how people can get involved. And I just said those words a lot in, in, uh, in sequence. So I'm going to pass it off to you. Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me be a part of this. I'm excited for what God is doing at Christ Church right now. It's it's thrilling, and it's it's just great to see that it comes from a position of prayer. I think that's how I was first introduced to the church. I was teaching on missions here in the Pittsburgh area, and um, Kathy Klein was there with a group of individuals from the missions community here at Christ Church. And afterwards, we just got to talking, and she said, hey, would you come out and share more about the ministry, about the vision, about your approach? And I took her up on it, came out, and you know, we talked about our priority in prayer and how from a place of prayer and intentional prayer and positioning in prayer and mobilizing prayer, uh, we actually are plowing the ground and preparing the way for mighty ministry to unfold and develop and that's really the core of the ministry I serve at the Southeast Asia Prayer Center. We believe that lives and nations are changed through prayer. Mm. And our ultimate vision is to witness a world connected through prayer that brings Christ-based change to those in need. Love it. Now, um, is there, you guys are located in Pittsburgh, right? Wildly enough, more so this year than ever before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our, we have um, the ministry uh, is serving communities of prayer in 158 different countries. Oh, wow. Uh, of those 158, 34 have registered offices where there's resource exchange meeting the needs of the people. Um, but we have a U.S. office, which just so happens to be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, actually in Oakmont, Pennsylvania, nice. which is where my family's yeah. from. That's that's home for us. Now, I know that I, I you know from doing a little research here, I know that you're a bit of a legacy in the ministry, I think. So, you know, tell us a little bit about how the ministry started and, and then how you ended up getting involved in into the place yeah. where you are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is our 30th anniversary year. My um, my parents, Pastor Mark and Ellie Geppert, founded the ministry 30 years ago. And actually, they, they were missionaries in 1976. They first heard from God to go and preach his gospel in the nations and, and went out and have been doing missions ever since. So I'm a missions kid. I fulfilled all the stereotypes around that too, and um, 
yeah, um, but just grew up in missions, grew up in missions culture, primarily in Asia. Uh, but it was 1991 that they registered the ministry in the United States in Oakmont here in Pittsburgh. And I've had the joy of walking in the fruit, uh, the harvest of so much that that they, but also many mighty friends around the world, um, particularly in Asia, have um, have given their lives to. And now it's it's um, it's just a really wonderful time in that legacy mode. You know, in the next generation, right. seeing this fruit come up and seeing the um, just God at work in such a dynamic way. That's awesome. Can you walk us through a little bit what, how you guys are, what you guys do? Like what is, so what is, you guys are, you, you're the Southeastern or Southeastern Asian Prayer Center, but you guys, you know, but you, you have a focus on, I think it's the, the Cambodia, I believe. Yeah. Cambodia is one of those 34. Right. So, so, and this was what, you know, I really was talking with, with Kathy about, and then more people here at the church was the approach to missions, growing up in missions, seeing missions, walking in it. Um, you can see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And unfortunately, we've participated in the good, well, fortunately the good, but the right. bad and the ugly <laughs> as well, you know, and um, and landed very clearly on a process of missions that has led us to more success than not. And that begins with, we say, plowing and prayer. We are first and foremost a prayer ministry. We exist, to, our priority is prayer. We exist to serve communities of prayer first, because we know that if we plow in prayer, we spend that time in prayer, we we we, we say that the atmosphere is prepared, the ground is prepared, mm-hmm. the communities are prepared, and we go by faith in that regard. So many times in missions, you know, you go out by faith in, in an atmosphere of praise and worship and prayer focused on Jesus, and he leads you to these amazing relationships. And that's the next portion of missions for us. We move from prayer into watering, into righteous relationships that God brings to us. So we find this scripturally, we find this in Luke chapter 10. Mm -hmm. Remember, he sends the 72 some odd others out before where he's going to go. And he tells them, go and pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers out into the field. He tells them how to go. He said, don't worry about what you're going to bring, where you're going to sleep, where you're going to eat. That's missions, man, let me tell you. <laughs> and you know, and, and then he said, stay in the house that receives you. Find the men, the women of peace, the people of peace. That's the second portion for us is those sovereign connections and relationships in the context of peace. And so long as we've been faithful to those relationships and have sown into those relationships in the context of the Word of God, they've formed righteously— and then they've come to a point where we can meet the needs of the people through resource exchange. Gotcha. Man, do we mess that up so many times in missions. We come running in with resource first. Right. Yeah. We haven't plowed in prayer. Yeah. We haven't spent the time in, in right relationship. We come in with resource and we're expecting transformation on charitable resource exchange. Should we charitably give? You better believe it right. all the time. But the expectation on transforming culture or nations from charitable giving is way askew, you know. And, and so long as we've stayed in that pattern, Cambodia is a prime example of one of the 34 nations where we're meeting the needs of people through health or education, parenting or economic development. Well, and it's interesting, you know, like what you talked about, this plowing and prayer, you know, like I, I love that statement and it and it 
it seems from a from a mission standpoint, it seems so obvious. But I, I agree that I think that there's huge opportunity to mess that up, right? Because if we come and resource, how are we any different than you know government just giving you know resource or something like that? Because we're just giving resource to meet a temporary need, not you know a lifetime need, not a heart change, not an eternal need, mm-hmm. right? That is really what you're you're looking for. You're not looking for transformation that is going to change somebody's day or week. You're looking for transformation that's going to change their life, their family, their community, and and their village, their town, their whatever, and then and then by extension their nation. That's just it. And and that really is the end game. That's the goal is we say nation changing revival or national change. And we believe that prayer changes nations, truly changes nations. And you know, and then you look, you you watch how that relationship and how then God opens the sovereign opportunity to meet the need of the people, and it looks different. And it's by invitation by the local community or or by the local government, which is which is also a different approach than many foreign missions. And I've messed this one up too. Many times we come in with our vision to meet the needs of the people, right? Well, what you really need is this. What you really need is this. What you. But in this approach through that relationship, you're invited by the nation to meet what they perceive as their need. And and then, you you know, we've just had the joy of watching God in his mighty way move workers, human resource, uh, material, cash flow, and other resources to meet that need. And, and you just become a channel, a conduit to meet that need. And then, you know, over time— you watch the church really become established and rise up to change the nation culturally, uh, which is the goal. Um, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned Cambodia and how it's a very successful story of how you know you maybe maybe you, you did things incorrectly before, but it sounds like you kind of fixed them. Can, can you elaborate on Cambodia and kind of the success story there? Yeah, which is one that we're that, that, that's, that's Christ we're, Church. We're involved in Cambodia, and I think I, we can get there later. But I think yeah. that there's a Maybe at South America, you know, because there are obviously maybe there's 38 countries in Southeast Asia, but I think I've also heard that there's a South American kind of mission as well that our church is somehow getting involved in as as well. So, guys, this church, this church has blown me away, man. <laughs> this church, come on, man. What what God is doing in this church? That's why you know when I began, I said I'm just amazed by what God is doing at Christ Church right now, and I know that it's from this prayer culture and just from what I'm hearing from the church, the the leadership in prayer, the people in prayer, what's happening. And I've just been blessed to be a, a, a part, just to be connected with it. Certainly our friends in Cambodia have been blessed. We, yeah. you know, we first connected with Kathy and then with leadership here at the church. We did a vision trip over to Cambodia mm-hmm. and they came and we went out and prayed. Uh, when was that? This was, um, yeah, that'll be great. This is 2019, January, January 2019. I said that'll be great because I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. This last year is <laughs> like that blip uh, here, yeah. what happened with, yeah. with last year, right? Yeah. And um, it was a great trip. It was a great trip. You know, God is faithful. We were able to participate in some really cool stuff. Um, and th- those that came saw, obviously, the needs of the people. Uh, when we began in Cambodia, it was 1994. Cambodia was just coming out of and actually still engaged in, in some areas, their civil war. Mm. 
So you had a lot of poverty, right? And and you had a lot of material needs. Um, my dad uh, walked. He he said, "All right, we're going to plow this in prayer." And this guy, he's a wild man. I love him. He's my hero for sure. He went to the northwestern border, Poipet, and walked by foot, walked to across the a dirt road towards Siem Reap, praying and asking God, "What? What do you need? What? I'm here." How can we help? How can we serve? Asking the Lord and walking and praying. And it was back then, brothers, it was not a pretty picture. It's not a pretty picture now, but back then it was it was even uglier. And, um, and he heard, he heard in his prayer time, he heard in his prayer time from the killing fields, which if you study the Civil War of Cambodia, these horrific killing fields, mm-hmm. Pol Pot came through, murdered... Uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people across that land. And it was just the spirit of malice running rampant. And my dad really heard from the killing fields, I will raise up a generation in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to change this nation. And my dad grabbed a hold of that hope. So then, of course, the immediate need that through right relationship, meeting local friends, serving local friends, pouring in the Word of God, walking through discipleship programs with them. Then the the invitation was to meet the needs of orphaned and abandoned children. Mm-hmm. We began with 30 kids. It grew to 100. It grew to 200. Now there are 16 homes in 16 different provinces with hundreds of orphaned or abandoned kids who are being cared for. Christ Church, out of that trip, coming out of that trip, said, Matt, we want to do this. We want to jump in. And they focused in on this province called Pursat. Beautiful place. Totally impoverished. <laughs> absolute mess. Backwards as it can get. And they focused on one children's home that God had given to us. And this church, we said, all right, we're going to build a new dorm for these kids. We're going to meet the needs of these kids. And then this church just continued. Our church continued to go on and on and on and on in supporting. And I've been blown away by the resource that's poured in to meet the needs of these kids. It's been beautiful. And I think you've, I think, I think I remember this correctly, that like one of the things you talked about is that you mentioned here. And then I'm, I'm remembering back to when you, you spoke on Sunday on one of the Sunday mornings is, you know, talking about the way, you know, the proper way, you know, can't just come in and show up and be like, here's how we do it. And this is the right way to do it. <laughs> and and I, I think, and, and one of the things that always sounded so smart to me, but also so like only God can do this was that, you had some like curriculum buy-in and stuff like that from like oh, yeah. government and stuff like that where like they're like, yeah, we're on board with this this American, you know, Christian organization basically coming in and and helping us, right? Which Absolutely. is like like blue like exploded my mind. Like that that would be something that someone would be on board with. And and this is that invitation portion. So we say plow in prayer, sow in the word of God water and resource exchange. And that's when the nation invites you to meet its needs. Now we we of course of course orphan and abandoned children man you see those needs you meet those needs I don't care where you are I don't right, care what's right. going on you just do it uh, and uh, and through that time and through that expression and and building those relationships eventually uh, we came into a contact with the, the Department of Education in the nation actually my dad was the international chaplain for boys and and girls actually girls brigade it wasn't boys and girls girls brigade which is the UK scouting system, like like Girl Scouts. Mm. Uh, and <clears throat> he asked our, our dear friend and 
Phnom Penh, Sinai Puk. He said, Pastor Sinai, can you arrange for me to meet with the head of the Ministry of Education? And Sinai said, no, I can't do it. (laughs) He said, just give him a call. Tell him there's an American here who wants to meet him and see what happens. My dad prayed and Sinai called up the guy, I guess called the office, I'm more than sure. And the office said, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) the joke was, uh, you know, my dad's a big American guy. He didn't have a suit with him. And the joke was they had to run around Phnom Penh to try to find a suit that would fit him to go and meet this minister of education. (laughs) And uh, eventually they worked that out. I don't know the whole details of that story, but they worked it out. And and he goes and he meets this guy. So he's at the Department of Education meeting with Im Seti. It was his name, the head of, of education for the nation, for the kingdom of Cambodia. And my dad said, uh, the story goes, he said, I'd like to bring scouting to your public schools. Can mm-hmm. we set up a program where we can bring scouting to your public schools? And the story goes, he said, he said, no. <laughs> he said, my dad said, okay. <laughs> uh, and then he said, well, would you consider this? And Imseti presented to my father, this is the invitation part. He said, would you consider this? Would you consider adopting a one commune district way out in the countryside, adopting that district? And my dad said, well, what does that mean, adopting? And this man, brilliant man, was studying the reconstruction of of a nation post-Civil War. And he was consuming books from American history Mm. on how our nation was rebuilt post-Civil War. And he identified that his rural population was about the same size as his urban population. But the, the, the varying differences in education were so extreme that if he didn't bring education to the countryside, within a generation, they would have another, another civil war. Right. So he was desperate to bring education to the countryside, and he was asking if we would adopt one commune district. So he landed on the district, uh, Chamnuan District, Ronco Village, Bante Midche, Cambodia. I'm not going to expect you guys to remember all okay. of that. Yeah, Good. but committed yeah. to memory. G- yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay, <laughs> there will be a quiz. At yeah. That. No. Um, and and asked if we would adopt it, which meant that we would subsidize teacher salaries. We would do some facility development. Our deal was: give us Jesus. Can we talk about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Can we pray? And can we use our curriculum? And he said, we've tried everything else. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So um, he took, my dad met with the the principal of the high school that I graduated from, Riverview High School in Oakmont, Pennsylvania, (laughs) Rick Rosenberger, who loves Jesus so much. And Rick said, let's do this. He had just retired. He said, let's do this. Got our curriculum from Riverview High School, pumped it full of the Bible and the word of God, and brought it over to eight public schools, 4,000 students, 173 teachers in this little rural district, and they went to work. So, do you mind if I just continue, just carry on in this no, story? No, I love it. I'm, I love telling yeah, the story. Yeah, I'm like fascinated. <laughs> I obviously well, love is, telling the story. I mean, this is, this is what yeah. blows me away. I mean, this is, this is the way that it, it sounds like. I mean, this is what I was so captivated by when you spoke on Sunday morning. Like, this is the way it should work, right? Like, yeah. you get people, like you said, you, 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 you pray and then you wait for that invitation and then you fill the need and then, and it, and it, with God and it explodes, right? And yeah. so like this, I love hearing this and I want everybody to hear it. So. So, so here comes that moment of faith, faith, not that the other moments weren't moments of faith, but this is that, all right, man, 
we've committed to this government. We're going to bring education. Now we got to actually do that, right? We So we came in and, oh, by the way, our statement is we're going to pray in these schools and we have to be free to talk about Jesus. My question was, what year is this now that we're talking? Uh, this was 2007, I believe. We're coming into 2008. Okay. There. And the, the village that you guys adopted, is that right? The commune village or what? Yeah, it's, it's you know, coming out of the Civil War, you have a mixed bag of communism. Uh, it's, it's, it's a zoo. So it's, yeah. Okay. You said it's, it's pretty much in the middle of nowhere. So I'm thinking of like- Abject poverty. The great, okay. I'm th- yeah, I'm thinking of like the middle of- Okay, I'm trying to think of some some remote village I can think of in the United States to compare it to, but like I can't. Oh. I mean, listen, there's probably some. I mean, there's there's a decent amount of poverty in Appalachia, West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I was going to say. You know, it's. I mean, so I mean, in rural, very very yeah, yeah. rural. Yeah. So you know, you think of dirt roads, yeah. think of no electricity, think of wooden schools, think of um, chalkboards, gotcha. and slates, and no existing real curriculum right for these kids i mean just think you know struggling yeah we okay. said yeah so so we jumped in and said yeah now this is the holy spirit at work we met with the superintendent of schools 173 teachers serving eight public schools and 4000 students we met with the head of the that commune district bunheng is his name and my dad started sharing jesus with bunheng and bunheng agreed to pray with him. And when he prayed with him, this guy was physically healed in his body. He had a a situation going on and he was physically healed Mm. and he became radically changed. And he said, he went wild. He became the evangelist. He led all 173 teachers to the Lord (laughs) and he started instituting the Lord's prayer. He did it. He said, this is, this changed my life. We're doing this. He did it, man. He did it. And then, and then he, he made the curriculum go through those schools. Guys became ranked number one in the nation for mathematics and for science and for English too, but they didn't give us that because they said they had four, we had foreign help, but who's counting, right? So uh, (laughs) science and mathematics, and they held that ranking for five consecutive years. And the national government said, what is going on? In Bante Minche, what is happening in, the of in Ronco Village? What is this thing? Yeah. You know, and so when they asked us, we said, well, we have this American curriculum, you know, from Riverview High School. And, <laughs> da, da, da. and they asked the local people, they said, no, 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 it's this Jesus. It's this Jesus. It's this Jesus has changed our lives. I'm talking revival. 8,000 students in public schools starting with the Lord's Prayer and total, total transformation. So we said, great. The government, the national government said, we'd like to give you an award for this work. You know, so they did this huge ceremony and flew us out. Well, we flew out, but we met them there and, and uh, they set up this, this uh, great awards banquet. It's one of the most amazing days of my life. And they gave us an award on that day. And, and that's a beautiful story, too, of how God was glorified in that moment. Mm. 10,000 villagers, all in front of the high schools that we had built through the Lord's provision. 10,000 villagers. And they brought in the commander-in-chief of the military that drove out Pol Pot, a war hero, from that district to give us this award. 
So imagine we're on the platform. Now, Cambodia is a Buddhist nation. The monks are there with us. They had done all of the chants and all of the prayers and everything for this event, like they do for every event. Mm -hmm. And here we are on this stage receiving this award. You know, I'm sitting there looking at this thing. I'm on the stage. My dad's on the stage. Other workers that have been there. And here's this general to give us this award. And um, (laughs) before he could speak, my dad grabbed our friend Sinai and went up to the, the pulpit before this man could talk and looked out at all the people. And he said, if you're here today and you believe that through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, a generation will rise from the killing fields to change this nation, say, I believe. And all of those people said, <laughs> I believe. And he said, say it again. And they said, I believe, I believe, I believe. And he had them stand up, stand up and say, I believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to change this nation in one generation. And they got into this. And my dad turned around and looked at the general, the dude, the the guy that drove out Pol Pot, looked at him like this and went and sat down. And the guy followed him up to the stage next. It was amazing, man. It was so cool. It was like, you know, yeah, you're up, right? Your turn. Yeah. And so so here comes General Ki Kim Yan, who's a good friend now. And he goes up to the, the mic and he's looking back at us and he's looking out at this crowd. And now he's a politician. Yeah. He's just seen 10,000 people united in something. So he said, this is a good thing. <laughs> this is a good thing. And, you know, it, he said, uh, our government is aligned with this group. What does it say here? Southeast Asia. Everyone struggles with the name. Yeah. Southeast Asia Prayer Center. We're aligned with this group for education for all of Cambodia, for, for Cambodia. And we said, cool. Now, if it's you, you or I, man, that's cool. But if you're one of the local Cambodian pastors, all of a sudden the guns have just said, we're on your side. Mm. If you're one of the monks who are there, you're thinking, hold on, wait a second. (laughs) What does this mean? After that ceremony, he pulled us aside and said, can you do this in all 488 public schools in this province? And we said, by faith, man. We said, yes. We said, yes. And today, that program is in 488 public schools, and we have 150,000 students starting the day with the Lord's Prayer in public schools in a Buddhist nation in Southeast Asia. And how big, I mean, just from a size perspective, you know, you talk about one province and 150,000 students. I have no idea how many people are in, in Cambodia and how many provinces are in Cambodia. So, like, is that, you know... it. How much? How much of the country is that? I don't. I just. I don't even we have, understand. Uh, populations about fifteen million. Okay, of t- the total. Mm-hmm, yeah. Total. So yeah. I mean, you're in a pretty decent amount of the public schools in the country of Cambodia right now. Well, in that province, which is a heavily populated province, and and this is the deal. You know, it. The general went back to, uh, to, the capital, presented this whole vision. He asked us to establish tech training centers in the province. He asked us to do these different things. We said sure. By the way, the government came to us halfway through the original work and said, we no longer need the subsidy for teachers' salaries. I promise you, you will never hear that in missions. Yeah, we don't need your money No government does that. I mean, it's just sweet. So um, 
we said we said yes and he went back and and the the um the government at the national level said if you can make this work in Bante Minche we'll call this Cambodia arise and we'll do it nationwide and i've had the first discussions with the head of elementary education to take what's happening in Bante Minche and move it throughout the entire nation <laughs> which puts the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the next step in that answer to that simple prayer promise from God that a generation will emerge from the killing fields in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to change this nation, which was plowing in prayer, plowing in prayer. And this is a positioning where so many of us, having just spent this year in the States, we really have been deceived to somehow believe that this church, this mighty church in America is under, is beneath, is behind, is not leading this nation. Oh, what a deception. I won't get preaching on that, guys. I know I'm already preaching a little bit, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, if we will, if we will actually go and pray, meet the people on the streets, sow the word of God into those relationships and then embrace his invitation, his plan, his way to change a nation. There is nothing that we, there is nothing that we can accomplish in him. Yeah, listen. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I, I think that I can. It, it's obvious that things are happening here at Christ Church. It's obviously, it's obvious that you know, it's exciting to be a part of, you know, a small part, whatever that is. Whether it's you know, I remember when the the little Jeff made a, a little, you know, house out in the commons area and people, you know, buy a brick, right. And, you know, you know, help to support this and whether, you know, whatever amount, uh, you know, we're a part of that, you know, it's just, it's exciting to be a part of that and see, listen, that there's a real possibility that there are students that the entire country of Cambodia is going to be following a curriculum that is based out of Riverview high school in Oakmont, <laughs> Pennsylvania, you know, Oakmont, Pennsylvania. And it's, you know, it's, it's that, foundation but then also the foundation of jesus christ right and it's just like like it's that's mind-boggling right it's like you're gonna look at a map and it's like what's your education like and it's like oh here riverview high school and this map in cambodia right it's like wait what (laughs) you know but only through like you talked about only through the faithfulness and only through you know god you know you saying yes to god right or or you listening Mm -hmm. to what you you guys right listening to god in, in that in that way and so i mean it's just incredible it just really is. And I'm glad that you told the story and I hope that everybody that hears it is as, you know, jazzed up as, you know, I feel right now. Yeah. So, but you talked about, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Cambodia. I know that this maybe is something that we people don't know as much about, but I've heard that there are also uh, Christchurch is either developing or, or talking about a relationship with something in South America and mm-hmm. you guys too. Can you talk a little bit about what yeah, that looks like I, as well? You know, and in, in talking with uh, Kathy Klein, who is um, such an awesome friend, and I really just, just love her and and talking with um Pastor Craig, who has been such a blessing and has become a a, a really a, a friend and um um of course they they and and many people in the church want to come over and walk and pray in Cambodia mm. they they want we want to i mean we had we took our our missions moments last fall and focused in on the Khmer people, right? Remember, we're praying for the unreached people sure. in the Khmer. That's across Cambodia. And we will, we will get there 
whenever the Lord, you know, <laughs> it's been a time for that. Right. With our mouths, we make our plans, but the Lord orders our steps. Whenever he orders our steps to touch that ground, we're going to have a lot of fun. Many people, for, I pray, I pray, many people from this church will be able to go over there and just see the the children's home that's been built, love on those amazing kids who represent that resurrection power and change and transformation. These kids coming from stuff, guys, and we don't want to get, get too deep into that, but coming from brokenness that no human being should should ever be subject to and are now rising up in Jesus Christ and in his love. I can't wait for friends from this church to embrace and experience and share in the spirit of God happening through that home. In the meantime, you know, we're we're looking at okay, where do we go? Uh we've been praying here in Pittsburgh in this past year. Um uh, we've we've been praying here for the church and we're looking at potentially going down into uh Guatemala, Mexico, Guatemala. Uh we my parents, when they first went out as missionaries, they started to Guatemala in 1976 mm. and uh, and have been serving really wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, now we're into the next generation. And in from Guatemala City up into uh, Tapachula and Chiapas State in Mexico, there it's a mess. You know, it's a mess. People come from all over the world. Few people know about this. People come from all over this planet into Chiapas State, into Tapachula. They work their way through Colombia. They work their way through South America, the whole way up through Guatemala and across the border and into Chiapas State. And their goal is to get onto a train that brings them to the border with the United States. Mm. It's disastrous. It's, it's, it's disastrous. It also is a wonderful opportunity to really share the love of Jesus Christ. And... Um, so that's that's more on Tapachula Chiapas side. In Guatemala, the the church in Guatemala in this generation is is really starting to to rise up, uh, especially coming out of this COVID. There's there's young people who are in barrios, they're in, they're in slums and and are so subject to gang violence, to the horrors of of um, of drug trade, um, and um, and dear friends that we've walked with really since 1976 have stood in the gap and are now uh, setting apart safe houses, programs for education, uh, development programs. It's like we came back and replowed in prayer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and now this, uh, this amazing work is coming up. So you know, we're hoping to go down in this summer to walk and pray, to stand in the gap, to love on these friends who are in the midst of this chaos um, to hear from God, to ask Him for even greater invitations uh, into the nation, and um, and I do look forward to that. You know, um, I'm a, obviously a bit of a missions junkie. I don't know <laughs> if you could get that yeah. vibe yet or not. If I haven't effectively put that vibe out, this is me. Right. Um, and I, like I've been here in the, I I am ready to rally out yeah, into the nation. Use that oh, passport and get out. Right. <laughs> um, but at the same time have, have really grown to love the church in America and, and have embraced a burden for it. That was a struggle. That was tough for me at first, but have embraced a burden for, for the church in the U S. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you look at me. I mean, 
Okay. Uh, well, I was just going to say, you know, you know, we've been, we've been talking for a while here and I think I could listen to you tell stories about, you know, crazy things all the time. Right. Because for me, right. I mean, you know, my mission field is not, you know, currently, you know, God could call me anywhere. God could call us, you know, Sam and I have similar mission field. You know, we, we work with high school students and we do a podcast and, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're being convicted of, you know, local outreach ministry from our own church, you know, what, how, how can we serve our neighborhood? You know, how can we serve, you know, where we are, but, um, you know, how do, you know, how can, how can people get involved? Right. And so like, you know, that's why I was looking at you. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Okay. How can, how can, how can people get involved? Obviously there's a lot of prayer involved and you, you've said it a couple of times and, and, you know, I appreciate you, you know, <laughs> knocking that into my head too, right? And, and to anybody's listening that, you know, prayer is first and foremost, but, you know, whether it's going on a trip, supporting you guys, you know, what does that look like from, you know, somebody that's listening to this podcast and says, yeah, I want to get involved in some way, shape or form. What are my opportunities? How can I get involved? Mm-hmm. How can I support the ministry? Yeah, I, I give three ways really quick. Uh, first is I have two sons. Uh, my wife, Jess, and I have two sons. Our oldest son is 11 years old. Joshua, our youngest, is eight. His name is Rocco. They live in Oakmont. I grew up in Oakmont. My parents are from Oakmont. My grandparents are from Oakmont. I've tried to escape, man. Try to get out. All roads lead back there. Um, They are absolute. Those two boys are absolutely desperate for the people in this church to go out into their communities and pray. Hmm. The best way you can serve me is to go into your communities here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and pray. Plow this thing in prayer. You guys are serving student ministries. You're my heroes right yeah. now. Listen, you're not, I don't want to be all direct. Listen, but yeah, listen, yeah. please, <laughs> please, guys, you're, you want to talk about how you can serve me? Keep doing exactly what you're doing in prayer. This generation, I believe the same thing we can witness, a generation rise up in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to change this nation. And that's the best way you can serve me. I think second is is to pray for us. Uh, you know, a lot of people use that telling you, oh yeah, pray for me, pray for me. Pray for us by name. If you're listening to this, my name is Matt Geppert. <laughs> Please pray for me. Please pray for me. Please pray for the ministries that we serve. Um Get to know us in that regard. Get information from our website is www.seapc.org. And, of course, any social media will lead you to to that. If you put S-E-A-P-C in, um, and you'll see a lot of ways to pray for us. Uh, I mean that with my whole heart. If we will gather together in prayer in the place of agreement and ask the Lord for anything— He'll hear our prayers, and he will make the way. So I, I really mean that. Um, I think if if I were to ask you to get engaged financially or physically, um, for me to ask this church to get engaged anymore financially would be hilarious <laughs> because I've been so blown away and blessed by what Christ Church has done. I mean, this doesn't happen because this, the church has built a children's home and has provided for all of these kids, just done it. Um, and uh, I think um, just to continue to um, to look for ways to meet the needs of people as God leads you in prayer, whether it's through SEAPC or not, 
and um, and then to to really pray about about taking a trip, coming on out. Really pray about it. Check it with the Lord. If in your prayer time and with counsel with pastoral staff here, you have it confirmed that you are to take a trip, that you are to go out into missions, then let's go for it. Let's go for it. Um, we pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers out into the field. The harvest is ripe. The workers are few. In 2019, the month of June, in those public schools I mentioned, we had 82 first-time decisions for Jesus Christ per day in the month of June. Workers are few. If you are hearing this and God tells you, give your life to go work in Cambodia to raise people up in, in, in righteousness— then call me as fast as you can. I'd love to talk. Uh, first, check in with your pastoral staff. Um, but I, I guess long answer to a short question. But those are areas where yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's interesting. You know, I think we're in a unique position, like you talked about, as the American Church. Where listen, I, 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 you know, I travel for work for a living, and I'm itching to not be away from my kids and my family, but just to get back to that normalcy, right? And I think yeah. in a lot of ways, I think there are people looking for the opportunity to say, listen, I've been cooped up for 18 months. You know, like I haven't been able to travel much of anywhere, right? Like I haven't been able to serve. And if you're prayerfully considering doing these things, right, there's an opportunity for you, Maybe, you know, short-term ministry, mm-hmm. you know, short-term uh, mission, you know, field way. And, and it's like, let's go, right? And I think that there's maybe no more ripe opportunity to do it than, hey, I'm renewing my passport today, which is actually what I'm doing. You know, wow. but let's let's go somewhere, right? Let's do something, right? And and you know whether you're, I know that there's some incredible people here that, you know, whether they're 15 years old or 65 years old that that love missions and and love to be involved in that. And so I think that you know there's a real opportunity for people coming out of this pandemic, you know, to to you know to to join up with you know what you guys are doing and and support you whether it's you know prayerfully or or actually you know going and be in the hands and feet of the lord so it's a go moment isn't it you can yeah. feel it it's a go moment and our prayer in the past year was get your hopes up you know and and we were just feeding hope everywhere any way that we could and and calling people to pray and that's the whole deal man you draw near to him he draws near to you and when he draws near to us Boy, does he love to lead us into what we're called to do. It's a go moment. I, I feel you. And, um, and this momentum is really swelling around our church to start sending workers out into the field. So I just thank you guys. Thank you so much for, yeah. for um, again, what you're doing in student ministry in America. Come on. There's a battleground. Love you. Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, listen. Uh, we're excited to talk to you. I'm I'm glad that that Craig connected us, and uh, you know, excited for the church both here at, at Christ Church and and you know, forever for anyone that runs into this on Spotify or whatever, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, has the opportunity to to hear about your ministry and and to hear about what the work you guys are doing, and maybe be just convicted that hey, I can do more based on you know the stories that you're telling us and the and the way that you guys are prayerfully you know, going in and, and, and sowing the seeds of ministry there. So thanks so much for joining us, Matt. It's been a great uh, time together and uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks, Matt. All right.